0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the Revealing Ourselves podcast. I'm here today with Samantha Tegel, a 25-year-old law enforcement compliance specialist at Apple, and we're going to be talking about optimism in the face of adversity. Samantha is originally from Temecula, California, and takes great pride in her Asian family roots. She already lived in San Diego, New York, and for the past three years she has been living in San Francisco. During the pandemic, she moved to Mexico and has been loving this cultural shift. A fun fact about Samantha and I is that we worked together at Uber in the law enforcement response team for a year and a half there. Sam, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, Marcel. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm super excited that you're here today and I think you're going to have lots of fun. I know this is going to be a different podcast episode with an overall topic, talking a little bit about optimism and how you can you know, have some strategies to push through adversity but I would love to hear a little bit more about your background at first so people can situate you and and kind of know you a little bit better.
1: Sure. So I grew up in Temecula, California. Um, it was a really small town. Um, with my parents who are Asian, and they have always wanted me to do well. They've always been super hard on me, and um, basically, the ultimate goal was for me to be successful, however way that may look like, right?
0: Yeah, and this is super interesting. Just just before we continue, do you feel that, you know, because I, I heard that a lot, pressure from Asian parents, you know, like they being super intense. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think it's an immigrant thing or do you think it's a cultural thing?
1: Um, I think it could be a little bit of both. Definitely immigrant. My, both my parents were immigrants, um, and they have come to this country and created this life. And I think that because of all the hard work that they put in to get us here, they want us to succeed, you know, as if they had just set up the foundation for us to do well and to get us a better life, um. And as well as a cultural thing, I think also um, it's a status thing as well. Hmm. Um, Asian culture, people are nosy. Everyone wants to know what you're doing and Asian parents take pride in their children as of, it's a way to kind of just show off in a sense, which is Hmm. kind of the downside to the culture in my opinion. Um, And it's something that I've noticed a a lot. Um, So that could be definitely a factor as well.
0: (laughs) No, that's super interesting. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, Please go ahead. Continue.
1: Yeah. So with, you know, just growing up in that culture, um, my parents, because I'm the oldest as well, they were pretty tough on me, and mm-hmm. I remember one day, um, I asked them, you know, what is the best job that I can have, and what is the best job, and they said, okay, well, a doctor and a lawyer. Those are the two jobs that yeah. they had told me, so I said, okay, well, I don't think I can be a doctor because I really don't like needles, I get squeamish, so okay, what's a lawyer? they explained to me what a lawyer was I'm like okay done I'll be a lawyer and this okay. was when I was like maybe 10 years old right oh wow <laughs> Um. so with that in mind I, I never forgot that conversation and I kind of was just driven um, law focus like I was going to be a lawyer and I was going to do what I need to do to be a lawyer and, and, um, and, and Sam mm-hmm.
0: um, do you feel that was your choice or your parents choice while you were growing up
1: I honestly think it was influenced by them because they were the ones who told me what a lawyer was. And my grandpa was actually studying law all the time. He was not a lawyer, but he was so fascinated by the law, would always read um, books about the law. Um, And I kind of also did it for him because he would always, was so proud of me thinking that I was going to be a lawyer. And so that was an influence as well. And I um, ended up going to undergrad and getting into law school, which I was super happy about at the moment.
0: It's pretty hard to get into law school. I know a lot of people feel, you know, super pressured to do it. Um, even, you know, like you said, going to med school and that pressure as well. You were still excited, you know, that you passed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was okay. excited, but also because I, I thought it looked and sounded really good yeah
0: guys. yeah you know, every,
1: everyone i would say oh yeah i got to law school and law school and their response is wow wow you're going to law school oh my gosh that's amazing you're so smart so, so you yeah it felt, felt yeah. good
0: <laughs> you felt good though there's also this validation right like from society saying this is a good career path you're doing a good job right
1: absolutely yeah
0: mm-hmm. and how was that journey like starting law school and what happened in that process
1: It was a very exciting time but also there was a lot going on Um, it was a lot of change at once Um, and I had just graduated undergrad and I was just starting law school I was actually the youngest student in my law school Wow. yeah so I you know I know that a lot of people do go to law school when they are more mature when they are a little bit older um, because they don't feel as things are as big of a deal and I was warned about that. People would tell me all the time, you know, just it's it's not as scary as you make it, you know, just be calm and I did the exact opposite. You freaked out. I did, I freaked out. I realized I realized how difficult it really was.
0: So you felt like there was so much pressure at that time that you you just couldn't take it right like the the amount of pressure to be successful seeing all the people that were older than you and also your parents were probably keeping up with their expectations right like that you have to graduate and all that right
1: yes it was physically and mentally too much for me to be honest um it was the first time i was around so many intelligent people, you know, sometimes mm. I wouldn't even know what they were talking about. Yeah. And that makes you, you know, I go into it thinking, yeah, I'm a smart person, I made it here, but you instantly kind of feel dumb when you're surrounded by these really intelligent people who have already done so much in their lives. Um, so that's one aspect. Mm-hmm. And the pressure of just the testing and learning a different way of studying and testing um, was a lot and my body was actually just shutting down I was wow. in and out of urgent care um, feeling all these physiological symptoms of stress um, I just was not I was no longer healthy and I was no longer happy
0: wow that's that's super um, intensity I'm really sorry that you had to live through this um, I wonder if you also felt some anxiety coming from questioning such as like, am I good enough? You know, all these people are so smart. What am I doing here? This sort of like imposter syndrome that people, you know, talk about a lot.
1: Oh, every day. I would every absolutely day. feel that. Yeah, every day.
0: And what happened then? You know, like you, your body was collapsing, your mind couldn't take it anymore. Like, what what happened?
1: I, I kind of just reached this point where I thought about my future and you know, oftentimes I push through if at the end of the day, I'm going to be happy. Mm. And um, I kind of just reflected in that one moment. And I said to myself, is this going to be worth it in the end? Yeah. And I honestly didn't think it would. I... Mm actually couldn't even see myself as a lawyer i couldn't even really narrow down what type of law i wanted to do because i was missing the passion and the drive and the why i was doing it besides the superficial reasons and that wasn't good enough
0: so without without that feeling that it was going to be worth it what was the point of continuing right but at the same time i imagine you probably had some questions of like man how can i back down now you know what i'm gonna tell my parents what i'm gonna do like in all that conflict right
1: yeah it was probably the hardest thing that i had to do um because i knew i was gonna deal with um a defeat in my eyes and i was afraid of what my parents were gonna think and i was afraid of what i was gonna do next but um what kept me optimistic was you know Law school was always going to be there and I could choose to do it at any point, just like all these other students who are much older than me. And I wanted to just take a step back um, and, and explore other options because I realized that I hadn't done that in high school and in college as I was aiming towards this one goal, I was just driven towards law and that's it. I didn't really see any other option for me. So I felt it was good to take a step back and see what other opportunities are there. Maybe I would fall in love with a different passion.
0: Yeah. This is such an interesting topic because even today at 27, I, I still meet people that for them was only one path, right? Like for you, for example, the, the situation of law school, it's like you're saying, you never had, even thought about other possibilities, other opportunities, like maybe there's a different path that's going to fit me. And Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people that are not very happy in their current jobs or their current career paths, and they just don't know what to do, right? Like, so what would you tell them, you know, because I feel this comes from a, a place of maturity, right? Like you mature, you try to see the world with different eyes. What would you tell people that today, you know, they're not satisfied. They, they will, maybe like some change, but they don't even know where to start to get that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's definitely hard to get there, um, but it starts by um, just knowing that there are so many opportunities out there and um, it's not the end of the world if you don't continue on one same path, as well as recognizing the reason why you are on this one path why is it mm. is it because of society is it because of how you grew up and recognize that times are different these days and people change careers again and again and again and what really helped me is meeting even older people um, and hearing their background yeah i met a, i met a professor he was a professor he was a lawyer and he was a psychologist in his day so just hearing that you know there is so much time left in your life to do yeah. different things. And meeting people um, who are older, who have experienced different career paths just gives you the security that you can do it, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, it kind of reflects on a lot of what you're saying, because um, in my personal life, when I moved to the US, I, I had no idea what I was going to do. Right. Like for me, it was like, OK, I, I have a law degree from Brazil, but I cannot practice law in the US. And so I was very open to do anything that I'll feel happy about, you know? And I've seen this example over and over again, where it's like, do something that you're passionate about and success will follow you. You know, don't try to, don't, don't try to pursue success if you're not happy with what you're doing, because it's almost like you're forcing something that is not there originally. Um, what do you think about that?
1: No, I, I completely agree 100%. Um, and to just go off of that, um, you know, there is no reason why you need to choose one thing and let that define you and choose yeah. one thing and stick to that. Because if you think about it, if you are chasing your passions, um, let's say you're interested in one job, you're learning something new, you get into that mm-hmm. job, there's so much potential growth that could be, ha- or, wait, You could, there's so much room for po- There's so much potential for growth within that one job. Let's say you are in this company, maybe you're at the bottom at a very entry level position. There's so much room to grow within that company or Mm -hmm. make a lateral move to another department that you find more interesting. You just have to take a step into a direction that will make you happy and exactly what you said, success will follow.
0: Yeah, and and I think for folks who are listening out there, I do wanna say that making career changes is absolutely possible. You know, like San mentioning, whether it's within one specific company, you have multiple departments, it's all about talking to people and saying, Hey, can I try this? What you know, how can I get into this field? And a lot of people are more open than what do you think, you know, because a lot of times I feel our own fears and judgments about how the world works prevent us from doing what we want, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And an example that I like to give to anyone that is listening is that I recall seeing this LinkedIn page of this guy who for 15 years of his life, he was a magician, right? Like he was a professional magician doing kids parties and events. And then one day he decided to go to corporate America and today is the VP of sales of a big company, right? So (laughs) it was really all about, you know, one day he decided he wanted to make a change, but he didn't let those thoughts of like oh i'm doing magic for 15 years i cannot i'm not i'm not good enough to go into any company i cannot do anything else like he he just followed his dreams and i'm happy for him and i I try to use this story as somewhat as a motivator for for other people you know when they think about making career changes and things like that
1: definitely i remember when the first time you told me that story and how inspiring it was and to this day I still think about that magician
0: <laughs> yeah he's a I I probably should message him at some point but um <laughs> so keep going Sam like because I've been loving your story so far like so you took a step back and you started exploring other options right
1: yeah but before I even got to that point um I had to break the news to my parents and surprisingly they were understanding um I think they knew deep down that it wasn't something that was going to make me happy, and they can just see it, you know, your parents really know you well, at least my parents did, Um, but nonetheless, I had to move back home, I had Mm -hmm. to leave all my friends in San Francisco that I had just made, um, and basically move back home, which feels like you're taking a step back, and... I cried a lot, and I was really scared because at this point, I had no idea what I was going to do, and all I did was start thinking about where I wanted to live. I started applying to a bunch of jobs in San Diego um, and seeing where I would land, and I didn't actually plan on going back to San Francisco at all. That was actually not the objective, Mm -hmm. but I did say the only way that I would go back to San Francisco, is if I worked at a tech company.
0: Okay. Um, so you set that so, goal for yourself.
1: Yes. So I I knew that I did eventually want to settle down in San Diego, so that's why I was looking for jobs there. I figured, okay, I'll just start working in San Diego, and hopefully I'll make my life there. Well, things took a turn because all of a sudden, on LinkedIn, um, a recruiter reached out to me from Russell Tobin, and told me about this job at Uber mm-hmm. and when I saw it, I was like, is this a scam? Like what's going on? You know, no tech yeah. company has ever reached out to me. Um, I was kind of shocked. So, uh, I ended up just taking the call and I learned about this very niche position at Uber, um, and dealing with law enforcement and I was recruited because of my legal background.
0: And you had no idea that this role even existed before, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I was totally open, um, but yeah, I, I still, even after she explained it to me, I, I still was like, what is this again? Yeah. <laughs> um, and even more so, it was for the Latin America department. Yeah. So that was another twist. I know that uh, I, I was not a fluent Spanish speaker. I had taken lots of classes, and I love the Spanish language and the Latin mm-hmm. American culture. Um, so I, I, it was funny. I was laughing to myself. I was like, wow, this is right up my alley. Um, but I knew it was going to be a struggle. But either way, I interviewed, and um, that's when I met Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's kind of when my life took a turn. I flew out to San Francisco i um interviewed for the job and that same day i got the offer
0: that's super cool and then you joined the the same team as myself at uber and you know it was a it was so great to work with you i i still have so many good memories you know like and i want to thank you for being such a fantastic um person to to be around with you know for sure
1: oh thank you and i agree the same thing i i think right when we had our first one-on-one um, we had such a great conversation it was so casual and uh we had to, yeah we had a great conversation and instantly i think that's when we connected and became really good friends
0: yeah for sure and i have a question from one of our um followers on on instagram she was asking was getting to tech easy did you have to get certified you
1: know at uh, For my journey, it was easy only because I did have a legal background and um, I was recruited. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there are so many different ways to get into the tech company and there are certifications I'm sure you can get. So depending on um, the position you're looking into, I would just recommend looking at the job description and seeing what the gaps are um, and seeing if that's something that you can obtain on your own um, and going from there.
0: I remember you coming to the interview very happy, very motivated, although that was a very intense time in your life, right? So how how did you bring that positive energy to that moment, right? Like, how did you bring the optimism into that energy that you're bringing into that interview room and saying, you know what, I can actually do this?
1: Um, well, I felt like that interview was just a step in the right direction and it gave me hope. It gave me hope for a really amazing opportunity Um, And I think that just reflected I was just gonna give it my all and um, I felt really good and confident about it I do love interviewing as well and I love to meet new people and Mm -hmm. you know I I felt like I was just ready and I would hate for a bad interview to be the reason why I wouldn't get a job so I knew that I wanted to I wanted it really really badly. So Yeah,
0: (laughs) no, that makes sense and what's your mindset when you have to deal with, you know, challenges or adversities in general, right? Like, because you had lots of challenges in your life, but I can also see you being that person that is going to be like, you know what, this is, you know, not getting stuck, not freezing, right? Like, but actually pushing through. So what happens inside of you that makes you do that?
1: You know, that's a good question. (laughs) But, um, I kind of just allow myself to feel all of those feelings first because I am a human being and it does happen. When I had to go back home from law school, I was defeated. And I just let that feeling, um, you know, I really experienced that feeling so that I can then have fuel to move forward. And Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of just what happened. I am pretty driven. And I am a pretty hardworking person, I like to say. Um, And I knew that failing wasn't going to be the end-all be-all. I knew that I wasn't going to just do nothing. So it just starts by doing little steps. And once you start doing those steps, you'll see little by little you're moving forward. So you're getting you know, callbacks from interviews and you are, you know, learning about even more opportunities that maybe you didn't do learn before. Um, and it just kind of snowballs into a more positive direction. And, um, I think that the most important part is just taking the first step, which is whatever it may be, which is, you know, updating your resume. That's one step that, and then looking for new jobs, that's another step. So once you start taking steps into your goal, um, you'll start to see success.
0: So you feel like you, you have to put yourself behind what you want to happen, right? Like you cannot just sit and wish things are going to fall out of the sky. You, you actually need to, you know, write down a list and and take some concrete steps, like you're saying, towards achieving that goal, no matter how hard it must be and and how defeated you might be feeling, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, no one's really going to pull you out. Um, it's only yourself who's going to get you out of this hole that you were in. So I think it's really important to just, I always like to the saying, do the things you have to do so that you want, so that you can do the things you want to do. And a lot of times I don't want to do X, Y, and Z, but I yeah. do them and I force myself to do them because I know they just need to be done.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And do you have any concrete examples, especially during the pandemic where there might be a a big adversity or a big problem in your life and how you took steps to solve it. What was your mentality doing that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So during quarantine, I had just... um, I was actually working at Lyft and I had just moved into a new studio on my own. This was the first time I was living completely by myself without roommates. Um, I was really happy in a job and... Covid hit, the pandemic hit and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden uh, there were budget cuts and there was team reductions. So unfortunately, I got let go from my job after just signing my lease at my new apartment. and just feeling like I had it all together and had it all figured out.
0: (laughs) Well, so you're the top and then life comes and sweeps you, you know, all the way back, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I just feel sometimes I have bad luck with that. You know, if I I think to myself, wow, of course that happened to me. Because oftentimes it does. I feel like a lot of the times, you know, I get knocked down. um, And that's just how I live. But I... um, but this time around I you know, I actually wasn't calm. <laughs> I kinda mm-hmm. cried the whole entire day. I yeah. felt it was a very personal thing. I felt mm. like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I wasn't working hard enough, but I knew I was pulling crazy hours, staying up until one AM, two AM, you know, wow. working really hard. And yeah. so it was hard to be let go after putting in so much work. And actually the day that the news broke, I was just up until about 3 a.m. doing wow. so many things for that job. And it was instant defeat when I wow. was getting let go. And it was merciless, by the way. <laughs> it was like, it was an email saying, you no longer have a position here.
0: Wow. And
1: I was like, what? What do you mean? So um, I took that day just to cry and feel miserable. And that's exactly what I did.
0: Yeah. No, and and, and I think, you know, I'm sure that helped you going through that moment, right? Like allowing yourself to feel and not immediately trying to bounce back from it because you, you probably felt like a slap in the face, right? Like you're putting that many hours, you're showing so, you know, showing so much like at your job and they didn't retribute it in the way you expected, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And it was sad. And um, I remember speaking to my manager at the time and she actually didn't know that it was happening it was basically a higher-up decision and that's what I found you know a lot of the times tech companies do that that's a that is a downside is yeah. that at any point if anything happens or shifts in business um, it can trickle down and come from a higher-up decision that you have no control over yeah um, so that's just something you have to accept working at a tech company and it just builds you thicker skin and yeah um, from that moment, yeah, I was scared. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I kind of just reflected and, you know, I said, okay, unemployment right now is at its all time high given yeah. the circumstances. So I tried to eliminate the personal feelings um, and just look at it, you know, for what it was. And I knew that I was going to be okay because at the time we were giving, um, unemployment was very generous. We were getting really good, you know, compensation for that. And yeah. I I was like, okay, that's one thing. That's the first thing I need to do. File for unemployment. Second, I just need to focus on myself and self-care and I was like, wow, this is actually an opportunity to just have a bit of a pause, you know, after working every day so, so hard and playing crazy hours, okay, this is a time where I can just exercise, meditate, um, and really care for myself because when am I going to have an opportunity like this? I'm going to get another job. I already knew it. So Mm. why don't I just enjoy this moment of peace before Mm. I start the grind again?
0: yeah that's that's so interesting you you made a bad situation good because you knew things are outside of your control and so you could control how you you take care of yourself during this downtime right
1: absolutely and i think that is really important um to just do things so that you can care for yourself um and hopefully just start making those steps to that next opportunity
0: yeah um And and Sam, how did you end up in Mexico? Because I have also another question (laughs) regarding Mexico. And so I'd love if you could share um, a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So... Um, I ended up making the decision. Okay, so fast forward, you know, I I got another job. I'm at Apple now, and just like I said, you know, as long as you work towards those goals, another opportunity is going to happen if you put in the work. So I fast forward, and I made it through the unemployment phase in my life, and I landed this opportunity. Um, and then I also made the decision to move back home again, because. We were. I was paying rent in San Francisco when we didn't even have to go into the office. Yeah. So it didn't make sense to me to stay there anymore. And I know a lot of people were leaving the city. So I moved back home and let go of my apartment. So I really had no financial burden anymore. Um, and I just had this opportunity to go to Mexico. I um, reconnected with a college friend. He told me that he was going to Tulum and was like, come with me. And I said, are you crazy? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. he was like, no, um, I'm serious. And so I literally packed a bag in one hour. And I told my parents I was going to Mexico. And I bought a one-way ticket there. And I left. And I honestly did it because I was seeking an adventure. Mm
0: -hmm. I wanted
1: to do something outside of my comfort zone. And I've always wanted to travel and live in another country. because I think that, you know, it's important to experience life outside of the bubble that you live in.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree with that. And uh, uh, one of our final questions for this segment, and thank you so much. I think this has been one of my favorite episodes so far. Um, what was one of the cultural elements of Mexico that surprised you the most, you know, when you started actually living there?
1: So moving to Mexico, um, it was an instant culture shock, first of all, but also seeing the different standard of living was a Mm. huge shock. Um, You know, it is interesting to be in a country like this where, you know, there are so many beautiful, new, nice developments on one side, but then intermittently you see these shocks Um, that people are living in. So it's a really humbling experience, and it it really taught me um, to part away a little bit of just these materialistic things that I was so caught up in. And I realized that there is a way to live more simply, and um, I'm able to just jump outside of my comfort zone and really experience it and i find that i am enjoying my life so much more because i'm not worrying about things i'm worrying so about cool. just yeah i'm able to enjoy nature enjoy the culture um, and really just experience life and it's been so amazing and i don't think i've ever been happier to be honest
0: that's so fantastic and and sam um thank you so much for sharing for our last question what would you like to reveal about yourself that you feel very few people know about you or something that you just want to put it out there so we can end our, our podcast today?
1: Um, I think that um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very adaptable and I've learned that a lot through the experiences in my life. Um, you know, being thrown life's punches and being able to deal with them, I'm able to adapt. And living in from one big city to another, even though it's outside of my comfort zone, I'm able to adapt. And then now, even more so living in Mexico, a whole other country with a different language and a different culture. um, I feel like I'm at home and I've adapted to this way of living. So um, I think that's, yeah, definitely something about myself that I've learned over the years that maybe not everyone knows about me.
0: That's super cool. Thank you so much for sharing, Sam. This is such a fantastic um, episode. Thank you for your answers. I think a lot of people are gonna love it. And if this is your first time hearing this, please don't forget to follow our Instagram page and subscribe to our multiple streaming channels. I hope I can see you guys again and take you again, Sam.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Marcel. This was so much fun.